I have friends. I have season one of friends here on DVD. And I'm doing the best I can watch on TV. Diminishing Returns Music presents Wendy Newman, Too Hot for Radio. A once in a lifetime collection featuring the full versions of Wendy Newman's hit songs as previewed on previous episodes of Diminishing Returns podcast. Strange things. Strange things. Strange things is happening on me. Wendy Newman, too hot for radio. Featuring the body of work from the most prolific musical artist of all time. So prolific, he's even there when he's not even featured. Such as in this clip. Audio from the preamble before the record intro from a Q&A de Minnesota. Saw, uh, saw George Lazenby yesterday at uh, the BFI for uh, oh, yeah. Man- Majesty's Secret Service screening. How's he was a bloody... Looks all right, actually. He doesn't look bad, but he's just—he's a very depressing man to listen to. Like now that he talks like quite openly about like how much of an idiot he was to like turn down an offer for like seven film contract and um, all this, and he was swearing quite a lot. Look at his career. Did he make the right decision? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> he was in one of those Emmanuel films. Wow. Wow. <laughs> The height that is... of his career. <laughs> wow. Anyway. <laughs> shall we uh, Shall we crack on with some questions? Oh, actually, no, sorry. Yes. Uh, I was uh, acting like, who's going to introduce this? We've Wait, I've got, I've, got, I've got a question for Galvin. I think, I think we need a comedy character, but I can't think of any. <laughs> Alan, have you got one? No. <laughs> no, let's just, let's just keep, let's keep it just simple. Just what about George Takei? <laughs> <laughs> That Someone who's a famous George. question asker. Hello, this is David Dimbleby. <laughs> uh, oh dear. I wanna I wanna start I wanna start channeling Justin Roiland with his with his unique brand of improv, which is just like, uh, hey, I'm 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 question Steve, the question man. Yes. And, uh, Sounds like a bit I, I got a, a question. <laughs> it's great. People love it. it. That'll rack up. That'll rack up our audience, and uh, we can all retire. <laughs> Alan, what's your question? I have a question for That's Calvin. That's my first question. Yes. Uh, uh, how many bonds have you met in a real life? I have met. Ooh, I reckon. Well, we three. George Lays and no, B yesterday. No. Well, to say no, I met him is in the same perhaps room. In the same I was, room. yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, yeah. I said hi I and shook the hand of his manager, who was sat next to him while he was signing other people's things. Uh, I bet you've, yes. you've Rod, Roger Moore. You've probably done a book signing with Roger Moore. Oh, yep, yep. Roger Moore. Yep, yep. He said thank you very much for buying my book, and I Con- said thank Connery you for hasn't writing been it. out of the Caribbean since you were born, so. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's a bit of a lost cause. Brosnan, I imagine you've probably popped up on Brosnan at some point. No, I'd I'd like to. I reckon, yeah, I reckon that'll happen, but it definitely has. Has he done yet. a has he done an autobiography yet? I reckon no. Daniel Craig. Ah, there you go. I reckon, I reckon you went to look at them filming 
Spectre or Skyfall, and he walked like, past you. Maybe you. You maybe caught like a glimpse of the back of Daniel Craig's <laughs> head from afar. No, I I did uh, I did go and see a bit of Skyfall being filmed, and I thought I made eye contact with Judy Dench, but then literally the the week the following week there was an article about how she's got cataracts and she can't see sort of like any further than sort of like you know an outstretched arm in front of her. So we yeah, didn't make eye contact, she's... sadly. Yeah. Well, you did. She just didn't know it. Good yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, I like to think that I'll at some point get to meet Pierce Brosnan. Um, that one seems very possible. I think that's, I think that's attainable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Sean Connery's not yeah. attainable. Yeah, Sean Connery, you've got about as much chance of meeting the Loch Ness monster, <laughs> by which I mean just go up to Scotland and and you know. <laughs> really dig around, like have a little expedition. You probably can find him. <laughs> he is up there. <laughs> mm. You think you've seen him, but it's actually a bunch of otters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The locals probably sell T-shirts if you get close enough, yeah. <laughs> or pretend he's real. Mm. Mm. I've seen some videos popping up of him, like getting very angry with. I think because he goes to New York every now and then. Apparently, I don't quite know why, but uh, I think. Like, the people who rush up to him for autographs aren't, like, genuine fans. Like, those autograph hounds who, like, get an autograph and then sell it on eBay for, like, $100 or something. But yeah. And and then he, he goes, Quick, which is your second favourite James Bond that I was starring in? And they go, like, <laughs> uh, uh, and he goes, Oh, and he slaps them, but only with an open hand. <laughs> only if they're women. <laughs> Karate chop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh. So two, two is the is the answer, Calvin. I, I took that. Well, yeah, yeah, one and a half maybe. <laughs> but you haven't met um, who was it, David Niven or someone? No, no, <laughs> one of the honor. No, I have not met <laughs> David Niven, <laughs> <laughs> who died about thirty-five years ago. <laughs> what? What about? Who's voiced him in the video games? Have you not? I mean, it's often the proper actors now, isn't it? But... Yeah, but no, I haven't met any of them either. But yeah. No. How many? Attainable. How many people have you met who have been stunt doubles for a Bond? Oh, I bet stunt again. men in Bond. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two, two, yeah. I don't think either of them ever did Bond, but they were yeah in it. Um. How many Francis McDormans have you met, Alan? <laughs> what an odd person to specify. Why did you go with Francis McDormand? I, I mean, I was trying to, I was trying to figure out a take on that same joke, and I couldn't quite think of anyone to ask you about. So I, I sympathise with Calvin's choice. <laughs> I just thought, like, you know, James Bond is some of my favourite films. Fargo is your favourite film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never met her though. Believe it or not. How many people from Fargo have you met, though, Alan? I bet you've met uh, Steve Buscemi. You had a wee. Next I had a wee next to Steve Buscemi. I <gasps> I have been on set near, not met him, but you know, near Ewan McGregor, who's in the TV show. If that counts. Oh my! Yeah, oh, yeah. that does count. You're doing pretty good, actually. Well, I am on a lot of film sets, you know. <laughs> even even if I don't actually get to meet anybody of interest. Well, yeah, they don't let you near them. But yeah, I've been near them. I touched Will Ferrell the other day. Oh. 
Word. You know, I was just I was just watching <laughs> Between Two Ferns the movie this afternoon on my lunch break. And it's like it's the most egregious just Will Ferrell on autopilot. And I you know, I've realized Alan, I really like Will Ferrell. I don't care like he can just he can just mm. be in a room and just like just the laziest, yeah. not even trying him. Will Ferrell. And I'm yeah. all right with it. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the problem right is, is he is Sol, my Vince Vaughn, I think. Most, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. But most people are getting tired of it. And I think that's going to be a problem <laughs> for him in the future. I don't think they are. <laughs> I think most people are either already tired of it or like him. I, I don't think there's any sort of gradual shift happening that's about to like collapse in on itself. I think people either like Will Ferrell or they were sick of him ten years ago. Uh, I don't know. I think it's wearing thin. Yeah, a lot of people like Elf. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And The Office, which I have completed now. Oh, oh yeah, he was in that briefly. Yeah, yeah, he was great in that. Very funny. All right, here's my here's my question. This is a Q and A episode, by the way, guys. Uh, <laughs> which, but we, we're which just is... having some warm up questions between ourselves. Is it? Is it just that the listeners aren't interested and haven't asked anything? We're just, we're just doing it ourselves. <laughs> we're just taking baby steps into it, right? So it's a Q&A episode. Everyone's been sending in their questions. By all means, send more in because we might get more of these out in the future. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll actually have to get around to asking some questions. But but first, Calvin, what did you make of the American office? Is that an actual question or is that just <laughs> you? That's my question to you. Ah, oh, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant and I feel ashamed that I was put off so long. But I think it's mainly because of you, because you were so, like, always talking about it when we were at uni and was so, like, sort of, like, recommending it to everyone that it really put me off. I've had the same thing with a guy I worked with in Avatar The Last Airbender. I've never seen that show and he's been going on <laughs> about about for, for like, four years, something like that. Uh I, I watched the first episode of Avatar, and it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's good, but nothing about it made me want to like watch any more. It was one of those. It was just like, yeah, that's good. There Can't go. say anything bad about it, but mm. whatever. I have the same thing with um, wiping standing up. Uh, just Sol goes on about <laughs> it so often. I'm just like, I'm not getting involved. <laughs> <laughs> try it, honestly. <laughs> I have a question for our listeners. 80. When you after a after a nice relaxing poo, do you stand up to wipe or do you remain seated? Or an arduous straining poo too. You need to wipe <laughs> either way. I use a sort of rope and pulley system. Uh, <laughs> I reckon our listeners are gonna be a higher percentage of stand up wipers. I believe than that. I believe the general that. population. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't really know why, but I just think that's gonna be the case. <laughs> um, weirdos. Just just to yeah. finish Shall my I... point on the office, um I thought oh. it was remarkably consistent. Like I couldn't believe like seven seasons of like first season wasn't that great, but that's fine. Um yeah, two to seven episodes. was just phenomenally good and then I can't believe how much of a crash like season <laughs> oh, yeah. eight just I, Oh I know. The Ooh. first half of season eight anyway. I thought it picked up like once Catherine Tate came back and Yeah, that, that story arc where they go off to a business yeah. conference is quite good from what I remember. Yeah. But... Yeah, season eight is just weird. There's there's all that weird like green screen for no reason near the yeah. end of season eight and just yeah. bizarre choices being made. Yeah. And yeah, season nine was cool. Like that I thought the ending like really pulled it together, even though the start yeah. of season nine was about the same as hey, so. season eight. You know, um yeah. is it Rain Wilson, the guy who plays Dwight, is that his right name? Yep. What's happened to him? 
I haven't seen him in anything. He he made a website. Um, <laughs> he had a kid. <laughs> what the hell did he put on the website com. that he's never worked again? <laughs> he made a website called Soul Pancake, and that seems to be like his funny or die. Like Will oh, Ferrell's okay. just been living off that funny or die money for however many years. Rain Wilson seems to be largely getting by off the back of uh, his website these days. Or maybe, no, he's probably getting by off his office money and the website's his little creative um, outlet. He still pops up and stuff from time to time. Doesn't he? Although you're right, I can't actually think of... Oh, you know what I saw him in last year? The Meg. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, Calvin, you, you must have seen The Meg. I, I have not actually Meg yet. I'm waiting until what? Calvin picks it next summer. Mm. Calvin, Calvin of Calvin Sharks fame. Uh, Calvin of Deep Blue Sea Two fame. That, yeah, that film blue, killed my deep blue, <laughs> deep blue Sea yeah. Two shame. It was, uh, yeah. and never went. That back. was that's the last shark film I've seen. I'm I'm looking at his uh, looking at his IMDb. He uh, he seems to have been voicing Lex Luthor in a lot of DC productions, straight to video video movies that they make. Um, I forgot this, but he was Harry Mudd in the, the Star Trek Discovery show. He's popping up here and there. He's doing all right. Yeah. To hear the Q&A diminisode that followed, and many others, head to patreon.com forward slash dim returns. And I did not sing this song in the film. Someone better thank this one. Her voice is very beautiful. Much better than my Wendy Newman voice. Also available from Diminishing Returns, Wendy Newman, Too Hot for Radio, all your favorite songs, from films such as Toy Story, Toy Story 2, I was a toy, and she was a child, I was a toy on the bed, and I had a cowboy head. And she used to play with me, but now I want to be in a museum. Wendy Newman, Too Hot for Radio, is a two-disc set. Order now. Just $18.99. DimReturns.com. Featuring a tangent about Scooby-Doo and Calvin Dyson joining a gang to talk about premium Bond's James Bond. Have you seen the... Have you seen that new guy who plays the new Shaggy in the more recent live-action films? Uh, no. It's just like the worst Shaggy ever. <laughs> just complete, completely irrelevant here. But yeah, just go on YouTube at some point and just revel in will, how will I get the full effect? Is. Will I get the full effect if I just look up a picture? Or do I need yeah, to I mean, it doesn't look right, but the, you've got to hear him doing the voice, obviously, as well. It's just pathetic, really. <laughs> why, um, did, why have you seen the guy in the most recent... Scooby, like I, I keep up with Scooby Doo. Sure. I mean, I haven't watched the film. I just, I for some reason I looked up a clip of it. I couldn't tell you why though. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, what uh, I found out the other day, Alan. What? I really need to catch up with Scooby Doo movies at the minute because uh, the most recent Scooby Doo movie is um, it's only a sequel to the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo oh, shit, uh, TV series from the eighties. What? You know what that was, right? Oh yeah. Do you actually? No. (laughs) It was a. It it ran for like one season. It was the whole thing was like the thirteen ghosts get set free, like a full season order of ghosts get set free, 
and they have to go and catch them and and put them away again because they're these like evil demonic special ghosts that Makes are going to cause havoc. Yeah. So a full season thirteen, but the thing is, um, episode one was where they set the ghosts free by mistake. Okay. And then, and then there was another episode that didn't deal with it. So when the show got cancelled, there was no resolution, and uh, and that's been so I think they've made a, the 80s. They've, they've made a movie twenty thirty years later where they're wrapping it all up. And I'm really excited because there's a character in it who's just Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was uh, he was basically Doctor Strange voiced by Vincent Price. I assume he'll be voiced by Maurice Lamarche or someone in the new. <laughs> Only you can return the demons to the chest. You are yours because you let them out. <laughs> <laughs> The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. And uh, there was a little kid that was like basically the Scrappy-Doo of that show who has never been seen again. He was like a little short round character. Um, Shaggy had a red shirt. It's it's known as like this, this infamous thing within Scooby-Doo fandom is red shirt Shaggy because everything just got quite dark around this point. It was weird. And uh, it was also Tom... Tom Ruger, I think he's called, started out on that. He went on to make Animaniacs. So, mm. anyway, and uh, they're only making a sequel to Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, Alan. Scooby Doo returns to Zombie Island. So, I'm, I'll be honest. Like, there might be a Scooby Doo Division <laughs> Returns episode in the works. <laughs> and then there's a uh, BB Dahl, who is the young ice skater girl. Is she named? As a little nod to uh, Roald Dahl, BB Dahl, who uh, wrote Brit- all Britain. the uh, the books. Under well, the I heard it was supposed fun. to be like Baby Doll, like <laughs> no, but he wrote, BB he Doll. Wrote, um, you only live twice, didn't he? The, yeah, yeah, yes. the screenplay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it, I think it's supposed to be like Baby Doll. BB now, Doll. okay, this oh, okay. this girl, she's she's a nice dancer. Yes, but that's why that's why Roald Dahl named his granddaughter Sophie. Mm. Sophie Dahl. So you go, ooh, Sophie Dahl. Ooh, she's a oh! <laughs> what, what do you mean? Oh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm chatting the shit. I'm oh, right. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a real fact. <laughs> Couldn't make any sense. Anyway, look, like, this girl. <laughs> she is a very attractive woman, though. Who? Sophie Dahl. Okay. Ooh. I don't know. Anyway, so. Do you do premium bonds, Sol? I do <laughs> the most 1970s thing <laughs> they're good they're good actually yeah. I haven't won anything yet. <laughs> we don't yeah, even know what they are <laughs> it's basically like put, put, instead of putting your money it's into a savings just, you Calvin just likes some cost they're called bond <laughs> it's just, Calvin are you, have you joined a pyramid scheme <laughs> why are you trying to sign me up for... no 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 it's really good because instead of like putting your money in the bank and earning meager interest rates <laughs> You can put it into premium bonds and get nothing at all. <laughs> no, no, but you get entered into a draw every month where you it's might a win a sum of money. It is. It's basically a lottery. But even if you just win like once a year, that ends up being better than uh, interest that you make. Well, depending on your savings, actually. I don't know how much you have in savings, but I, I think it's more worthwhile. Well, he was unemployed for about eight months, so I imagine not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yeah, you should do it. All right. <laughs> look into look, it. look into bonds, premium bonds, and uh, <laughs> see what see how it strikes you. I just think it's worthwhile doing if you've got savings, because the interest rates in the banks are terrible right now. <laughs> God, Calvin, you've... when did you get so old? Well, my friend at work, Natalie, she has premium bonds, and she kept on go- She kept winning every month, and she won like £50, £25, £50 the next month, and so I did the same, but I haven't won anything yet. <laughs> I need to just put all my money on there. Green book on Green Book winning the Oscars <laughs> or something. Incredibly out of reality scene, I suppose, where they have a Margaret Thatcher impersonator. So, did you guys know that? What well, you is... think bringing a, bringing an eminent politician into the fray for no reason breaks the reality of uh, what they're creating there? Ding dong, ding dong. <laughs> oh wait. Hey guys, it's me, Bill. <laughs> oh god, it's a bad impersonation of Bill Clinton again. He had this last uh, week. Yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you, Calvin. I don't believe we met. No, we haven't, Bill. Hello, how are you? I just wanted to say thanks for doing all the James Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks. He's oh, turning thanks, to Bill. stoner, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Shaggy Clinton. <laughs> Bill, can you do the the top forty countdown for us? What? <laughs> I don't know what. Is this something you did last week? <laughs> no, I'm making a joke because you sound more like Casey Kasem than Bill. Oh, oh, oh! oh. Very obscure. <laughs> I don't want to hear about a dead dog. If I have to do a song coming out of a dead dog, shit. <laughs> There you go. That's an obscure reference. That's a reference to uh, a very specific tape of Casey Kasem losing his uh, cool recording stuff for the radio. Oh, that's like referencing that tape of William Shatner in the recording booth. <laughs> don't tell me how to do the line. It sickens me. I don't say sabotage. I say sabotage. <laughs> Look at the fountain. A two-disc collection of Wandy's greatest hits, including this unplugged performance of I Love L.A., followed by a discussion of that elephant clip uh, when an elephant was on Blue Peter, from the episode about Dumbo. We love it. We love L.A. I love L.A. Mr. B-Movie. You know what elephant I really like? That Topsy. one that was on Blue Peter. Oh my god, I forgot. Yeah, like, back when I used to watch broadcast TV, it was like 15 times a year they'd wheel out that clip. And it, <laughs> it is a brilliant <laughs> clip. The greatest now. thing I'd ever seen. I forgot that existed. I haven't seen it in 10 years. I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> yeah, Blue Peter elephant. Lulu the elephant. Lulu the other. It's in black and white. I don't remember it being black and white. Oh, yeah, 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 no. It was from the 60s, right? Yeah. 1969. But my memory had it in colour for some reason. That's odd, isn't it? Mm. Yes. The elephant is having a drink of water. The elephant is having a wee. <laughs> the presenters are 
awkwardly stepping away from the rear end of the elephant, and now the elephant <laughs> is dropping turds as the elephant handler <laughs> walks away. <laughs> Not able to stop the elephant from walking back over to the and they're patting it and sort of being like, oh, good boy. And it keeps going back over and standing in the way and they're just sort of going with it. Like, that was, that was walking around again. And, uh, Watching it now with your commentary. <laughs> Good fun. Oh. <laughs> and to anyone listening who hasn't seen it, oh, basically yeah. the elephant runs uh, like forward at the end, and the elephant keeper falls over in the <laughs> in the wee. <laughs> <laughs> you just know that the elephant got beaten the crap out of as soon as it was off camera as well for doing what it did. Poor uh, Yeah. Relive the music of your generation. Wandy Newman. Too Hot for Radio. Featuring musical guests like Scott Chambers. Discussing the Mandala effect. Way back when the show covered Hellboy. And after that, hear special guest Gareth Allen. From the two-part Godzilla episode. Tangents include discussion of Dragon Wars. And Godzilla's brief ability to speak. You know, I... I, I had a, um... Is it called the Mandala effect? What's that effect where you generate fake memories? Mandela, as in Nelson. Don't you mean Mandela. the Mandela, yeah? Don't you mean the Marmite? Don't, don't you mean the Marmite effect? I've never heard of Mandela. Who's that? What's what's? <laughs> wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. You're on about like Marmite being spelled uh, arm. Sorry, uh, M A R T E. He's doing a Mar- bit, Sol. He's doing a bit. <laughs> <laughs> don't be scared. Don't be scared. I was I was winding you up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've heard of the Mandela Effect. Yeah, the Mandela Effect, for anyone who doesn't know, is something that stupid people talk about when they misremember something and can't believe that they've misremembered it. <laughs> well, that's what you would say, but it's actually <laughs> aliens aliens transporting this universe to another universe, but they've not copied it correctly. They've not pressed con- Command and C or Control and C properly on their <laughs> laptops. Therefore, oh fuck, I've, I've misspelled Bernstein Bears. I've misspelled Bernstein Bears. Oh, they won't know. <laughs> it's Bernstein! <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I just... I remembered Hellboy having loads of cats lying around because he liked to eat them. And I realised that I just I just completely misremembered... That's Alf. The, the, the thing in the shape of water eating cats. Probably the troll in the second film. He was about to eat a cat. And the fact that Hellboy likes cats and I'd sort of smush them all together. It's Alf, isn't it? Um, That's Project Alf. Yeah, I was thinking cats. of Alf then, yeah. Like, hey, hey. Uh, that, that, was my, that was my Alf. I, I, I can't remember Alf. What was... <laughs> Ding dong. Oh, it's Alf played by Jeffrey Tramble. <laughs> <laughs> they should cast him. He probably he probably do it with the the reputation he's got now. So. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh. What did Alf used to say? Oh. What did he used to have a catchphrase? 
Give me that cat. He was more sarcastic. Hey, no. It probably was give me that cat, was it? Um, <laughs> it was more like... <laughs> yeah. I've never seen an episode of ALF. You should watch the film, Saul. It's called Project ALF. It's like the film There's spin-off. Film. Yeah, yeah, it was the film spin-off. It's like an hour and a half. It's a really easy, funny watch. And... Um... <laughs> Uh, Martin Sheen is like the, the main bad guy in what was obviously a career high point for him. It's basically, um, do you remember the film Paul with Simon Pegg? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it predates Paul, actually. If, um, did he escape from like the Area 51 Project Alf? I'm trying to remember it. Yeah, 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 that's right. I don't know why we're talking about, I don't know why we're talking about Alf. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so, so Hellboy 2, yeah. Can I can I go off on a tangent because I think it's going to inform multiple episodes of this podcast in the future, but um, I think I mentioned it on one of our diminisodes available on Patreon now. But I I I've really decided I don't like Rami Malek recently. Um, <laughs> oh, I was so... never completely sold on him in Bohemian Rhapsody. I was never <clears throat> entirely sure. You you said in our diminisode, thought... you said when you watched his acceptance speech for the Oscar, you thought, oh, he comes across as a right twat. And I watched yeah. <laughs> it, and I thought, he seems all right. I don't know what you were picking up on. He seemed like, yeah, he looked a bit of a sort of actorly knob, but that, that's all. One awful self-entitled man. I didn't get and then, that. Have you seen this clip that's been going around? <laughs> have you seen this uh, clip that's been going around of him? Like, like, I Nicole think it's an audition Kidman. video. Uh, uh, no, it's, it's, him, it's him just looking to camera going, uh, I like uh, the, the, the scent of a rose, and... Uh, the uh, meeting meeting people, making new relationships, uh, the the first taste of a of a uh, a bottle of wine that's been opened. It's just like it's just reading out. I, I think someone tweeted this clip saying it's like it's what a serial killer would say to you before missing the turning they were supposed to take you down. <laughs> <laughs> and you say, oh, uh, it's meant to be down there, and they just keep driving, he, like. I'm calling it like basically I'm calling it now. There's something not right with him. I I, I think in about <laughs> ten years time that is like we're maybe not ten years because in this day and age it's it, you can't get away with this shit as long. But I there's not it's not right. I, there's something's wrong with him. He's like he's killed someone or he's got kids in his basement. <laughs> or... <laughs> you heard, you heard it here first. Soul predicts. <laughs> The downfall of Rami Malek. I don't like him. I didn't like him in Bohemian Rhapsody. I kind of... I've heard he stomps on that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to inform future episodes of the show, though, because he has been cast as the villain in the upcoming James Bond, hasn't he? So, uh, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. so, well, I think off the back of his Oscar win, so... I think I think what really bugs me is that he basically won an Oscar for miming along to Freddie Mercury vocals, and I think a lot of people just thought that was him singing. I think that's the biggest thing that winds me off about winds me up about it. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Hellboy. <laughs> I bet he's done yeah, some he bad did. things though. Well, apparently, if you're gonna have Tim a go Curry, at Rami Malek, I want to have a go at Tim Curry. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh, look, it's written all over him. He's a f- he's a beast. <laughs> he's a filthy beast. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's a he's a he's a cuddly uh, puppy dog. <laughs> Never harmed a fly, I reckon. I bet he got people to call him Uncle Tim. <laughs> where, where are your sources? Like, <laughs> what? Sue me if it's not true. There you go. Sue, no, sue, dimin- <laughs> sue diminishing returns, not me. 
<laughs> I, I would like to encourage Rami Malik to, uh, to fight sue us as well. To fight each other. He will as well. He will. He's a he's a piece of be, work. Be, be, care, be careful. Be careful what you wish for. He'll he'll take us on. He'll definitely sue us. <laughs> if if he if he finds out we've been slagging him off, he will not stand for it. <laughs> I like. There's just two Scottish blokes who are going to get a cease and desist letter. Uh, Anyway um, (laughs) Is there anything you would like to add To this conversation before we finish No um, That's all I've got to say about Hellboy Really to uh, just, I think Rami talk. Malik would be a good Hellboy, you know, because he, he he really comes across like the Antichrist. <laughs> something unsettling <laughs> about him. There is something unsettling about him. I'll give you that. I'm googling now. I want to see what Google completes this with. Rami Malik has crime. Rami Malik ever. Oh, I thought it was gonna be funnier than that. It's just has he been nominated for an Oscar? Won an Oscar? Blah 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 blah. I thought it was going to be like, has Rami Malek killed people? <laughs> has Rami Malek got someone in his basement? <laughs> has Rami Malek been convicted yet? <laughs> no, no, none of that. But maybe that's because Google doesn't want to get sued. Yeah. But we do. Yeah, we do want to get so. sued. <laughs> We've got nothing to lose, literally. we got $12 a month to lose. <laughs> He'll come for that. He will. <laughs> come for it. Uh, okay, so what's next, I guess? One of the hundreds of Destroy All Monster films that we... we I think one that I just mentioned is also known as Godzilla vs. Gigan. Uh, and that one... Oh, here we are. Alternate titles. War of the Monsters. Um, this one is notable because Godzilla speaks in it. Oh, uh, what there are there are scenes where does he does he say ah because that's mostly what he says no there there are scenes of him walking around with um the little spiny dinosaur who's on all fours I forget what his name is there there are scenes of them walking through the sea and they're kind of like come on Godzilla oh it's over this way okay. Honestly, it's it's the weirdest fucking thing. They just drop in these these voices. Something funny going on. You better jack. Honestly, it's the weirdest fucking thing. Such a weird decision. <laughs> but that that's the point. At this point, it just become cartoonish superhero stuff. And and by the time of Megalon, I mean the these are we're now in pure Godzilla is a superhero territory. So yeah, it, it's an odd thing, but I, I can sort of see how it happened. I can see how the thought process was such that, you know, that'll be a nice cheap thing. We'll buy up the the distribution rights and like power rangers will you know americanize it in a certain way obviously this predates power rangers but you know it's um i can see how someone thought it was a good idea to make a bit of money yeah. whether or not it was a <laughs> worth and worthy endeavor i can definitely see how you could market this to the american public a lot more easily you know 
Yeah, well, maybe. But uh, like I say, it doesn't really add anything at all. Yeah. But you know, it's like, remember remember, uh, remember when we watched that awful like dragon film back at uni, Alan? No. Oh, I know the one you mean with Christian Bale in it. No. Um... <laughs> oh, that's my favourite. <laughs> no, it was like the most expensive... It, it was it was in that period where we'd go into charity shops and find like the or CEX and look for the worst film yeah, we yeah. could find. And there there was this one film that just kept coming up. And I think we we all maybe you weren't there. Connor, Calvin, myself, a load of us all got together and just watched this awful awful film. And it was something about dragons, but it, it was the uh, Dragon Wars. It was called Dragon no, Wars. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen Dragon Wars. Oh my god, it's amazing! It's I think the most expensive uh, Korean film ever made. It was like they they spent a lot of money on it in South Korean film, um, and it was really meant to be this huge international blockbuster that was going to have all this like worldwide appeal. They, they the special the special behind the scenes features were so earnest and so like. We've put all different kinds of dragons to appeal to the different markets in there. There's European dragons for Europe. There's Chinese dragons for China. And it's like, no one here is watching that going, where's the European dragons, for fuck's sake? <laughs> uh, but it's significant because they hired an American actor to um, help, well, a few American actors, actually, to help sell it to the US market, which didn't, didn't do anything. Uh, do you want to know who the two significant people are? Yeah. Robert Forster. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. And Craig Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> what a team. I can see that. I, I'd watch anything with Craig Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. You said it was big, you didn't say it was something that could swallow a bus. <laughs> so, you know, that's the same sort of thing. That's like you'd, you'd buy up your Godzilla and then you'd slap Craig Robinson in it and then a load of people would go, oh, if Craig Robinson's <laughs> in it, it'll be worth a laugh. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I've just looked up, it's on IMDb's bottom rated movies, Dragon Wars, number 65. <laughs> I remember daddy told me, fairy tales can't come true. You got to eat those fairies, looking back at you. Wendy Newman sings the hits, featuring such modern classics as Almost There from The Princess and the Frog followed by a load of preamble before the official record began for an X-Men episode, and one episode with Judy Bignell. I don't know, three men and a baby, maybe? People gonna come here all aware Randy Newman every day Yeah, Randy Newman's All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> That sounded a bit like your Oliver Hardy noise, which I still enjoy listening to from the episode. I took an impression of you clearing your throat. <laughs> yeah, but it sounded like you're um, your a, lo- Oliver a Hardy. Mm. Ooh! <laughs> 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 uh, right. Uh, right, right, what are we doing? X-Men. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and after this, we'll have we'll have pretty much ticked off all the X Men's because we've done the Wolverines. Yes. Right. What about Deadpool? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Oh yeah. Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot about Deadpool. Mm. I always forget Deadpool. 
<clears throat> Never remember his part of this shit. Mm. Um, so, who, who wants to intro? Calvin, do you want to intro? You I haven't done it in a while, so yeah, it should be me. I don't have anything prepared for this one, though. Did you guys have anything I, prepared? I never prepare anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so you could, you could do you could do your sort of what's James McAvoy's opening narration, or does Patrick Stewart have some? Or uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, or we could pretend we're in a concentration camp. <laughs> <and scream>. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be my mum? <laughs> Uh, no, okay. <clears throat> yes, hello, welcome to Diminishing Returns, where we're talking about X-Men. Uh, Is he alive? With us? No, it's delayed, delayed. <laughs> Sorry, he was just focusing on uh, clicking his button. I was oh. going to pretend to be dead, but then I started. Acting. <coughs> what? Fat shaming? No, acting. <laughs> Should hope so. Okay, you ready then? Yes. <coughs> Do you want to intro Jesus. us, Bob? <laughs> Stop what drinking. Is that song? What is that song? Where the guy goes, you are ready for this. I changed it to a thing from SpongeBob about halfway through. But you know what I was doing? I only knew the first phrase. You're ready for this. I mean, that's all I know as well. It's a all right. 90s dance hit. Oh, mate. mate. I'm so glad that's been recorded. And can be used against you. Oh yeah! Oh, you're gonna really upset our listeners by releasing audio of me doing a burp. Oh no, I just I just meant for personal bribing reasons. Oh my! Oh my! Career prospects are gonna take a look. If you want to win a fucking Oscar, you you're gonna need to not burp on the internet. I think if if anything, it'll help my chances. They'll go. How endearing. He's, he's human. <laughs> Not like all those hoity-toity... Non-burpers. Yeah. Holier-than-thou people who don't have gas. Right. <clears throat> Are you going to intro us then, Sol? <coughs> mm-hmm. Just give me one, one moment. Really should have done this before we started, but... I think that's probably why Alan kept saying you're okay to stop. I think that's probably why... Alan is going to die alone. I'll have my cats. Oh, shit. <laughs> you Your won't cat. actually get around to owning a cat. You've got to own one first. I'll have one eventually. Uh, so. I really thought you were following through with a bit of vomit then. <laughs> that sounded a bit like a chunk was coming out. This night I had a dream You were in it I was in it with you. Wendy Newman sings the hits. Featuring a relatively obscure Wendy Newman B-side Saul's only familiar with because Electric Six once did a cover of it. You know it's in my dream. I saw a vampire. I saw a ghost. Everybody scared me, but you scared me the most. In the dream I had last night. In the dream I had last night in my dream It started out in a barnyard Wendy Newman, Too Hot for Radio, is available now An all good participating podcast music tie-in record stores Wendy Newman, Too Hot for Radio, 
features the rare demo Nick's Hot Salad, a drop submitted to Doughboy's podcast in order to instigate a rivalry. Diminishing Returns is officially the rival podcast of Doughboys. Let them know about it. Hot Salad. Yummy, yummy. Hot Salad. Call me, call me. Hot Salad. Call me, call me. Call me, call me, call me, call me. Hot Salad. Um, it's Moroccan. I said I don't want any damn comb. You don't know what they're called, and you put the comb in your mouth. Wendy Newman, Too Hot for Radio, featuring a discussion between Sol and Alan about stuff Alan actually finds funny because it certainly ain't walk hard. Followed by another chat with Calvin, probably from a James Bond episode. Who knows? It's about Doctor Who and stuff like that. I remember taking you to see Bridesmaids, yeah. right? Convincing you and some other friends to see Bridesmaids. I think Calvin was among, yeah. among them. And the first five, ten minutes, we were all like, oh god, what have we got ourselves into? Because it opens in a very kind of awkward, yeah. friends improv way. But then we were all pretty sold on it pretty soon. It was a very funny film. Mm-hmm. The the funniest sequence is obviously the one on the aeroplane when it all kind of boils over. But not for you. <laughs> for you, the funniest moment <laughs> by far was when someone said, you don't get a puppy as a as a keepsake from the wedding and you like is the loudest laugh I've ever heard. Everyone in the cinema turned around and was like, what the fuck? What? Why? What that line? And you were, you were crying. I don't remember. That. This line. And everyone was like, I don't get it. What was... I'm, well, I could certainly imagine that after the initial laugh, I was laughing at the silence and my, my own. I remember I, I went to watch, um, you know the Final Destination films? It was one of those, like, Final Destination 6 or something. It was one of the later ones. And there's this whole scene where, you know, they do the fake-out build-up to, to what's going to happen. And so yeah. this woman swinging around on the gym bars, uh, oh, parallel bars, yeah, 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 and there's yeah, all this yeah, thing, yeah. the water's coming, and there's a nail on the yeah, thing. Yeah, there's this... a, loose, a loose screw. Is she going to land on the screw? And then what happens is she flips off, sort of incorrectly, and lands on her neck and a, snaps her neck and her whole body crumples up. And I burst out laughing in this cinema with about ten people in. And then nobody else laughed. And then I was just laughing for ten minutes and trying not to be too loud. Yeah, that, that's just they don't get it. That's just they don't understand that it's a joke. Yeah, well, anyway... Uh, they Edgar Wright is making a horror film at the moment called Last oh. Night in Soho. Straight up horror in the vein of Rosemary's Baby. Films like that. I'm very excited for it. So, oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, mm, cool. We'll see how that goes. Mm. But wouldn't surprise me if I come away thinking, you know, what would have made that better if Sam <laughs> Pegg had written it with him. Mm. Terence Stamps in it, Calvin. Diana Riggs mm. in it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Di- wait, Diana Rigg. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely going to be seeing that one, then. Yeah, Matt Smith, who we'll be talking oh, about yeah. in a an upcoming episode, the three of us. What's wrong with his face? Hmm. Let's just leave that there, because then the listeners will think we're going to do Doctor Who, and they keep asking us to do <laughs> Doctor Who. I got another email the other day. Oh, I'd, I'd look at the Peter Cushing films, if you ever wanted. That'd be interesting. Because I, mean, I, I think the series is probably a bit of a thankless thing to talk about, but um, there are two Peter Cushing films, I mean. 
given that I think all three of us don't like Doctor Who, in fact, I think all three of us actively dislike Doctor <laughs> Who, and the people <laughs> keep asking us to do Doctor Who, presumably a big Doctor Who fans who want to hear us fawn about it for two hours, it it does seem like maybe not the best. <laughs> uh, but those those. 60s films might because they're out of the continuity aren't they they don't count i don't know are they i, th- I think i've seen one of them. yeah the peter yeah no they were always on tv i'm pretty sure i've seen one or maybe even yeah. both of them but um Invasion yeah of the daleks or something something like that yeah there's two of them um yeah hmm i think it's anyway we'll we'll do it at some point but mm, mm. if we're doing downton abbey my god <laughs> Oh, you've given it away. <laughs> oh, the big that surprise. would have been a worthwhile surprise. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was going to be so excited. To... Yeah. Oh, In between it and First Blood, there is Downton Abbey. Alan, where are you up to with Downton Abbey? Have you? Uh... Uh, I gave up after 15 minutes and haven't gone back to it yet. What? Mm. Well, you have to. Just wait until you get to the cliffhanger. Mm. I'm, I'm on episode um, five, I think. Oh. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm oh, doing well. it. You're going to watch all the first series? Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. We'll see. Yeah. see what happens. Brilliant. Uh, we'll see you next week for the conclusion of the trilogy. The sort mm. of, um, dare we say, the, the corner we've written ourselves into that <laughs> we, we have to fulfill <laughs> for the season. Oh, do you not like it either? <laughs> Don't give away. Uh, let's, not, let's not jump ahead of things. <laughs> okay, I can. I'm not on it. I hated it. It was dreadful. Horrible film. Horrible film. <laughs> so Calvin won't be joining us. And it's got Piers Brosnan in it, so you know it's bad. <laughs> if if I'm saying it's bad, not but not that he is a testament to something being bad, but you know. What How I mean. would you rank it in terms of Piers Brosnan's career? Top five Ooh. films. <laughs> well, he he. I mean, he's all right. Oh, hmm. I mean, he's all right in it, uh, but it's just the film itself isn't very good. He's great in everything. Honestly, and I don't think I'm joking. I might be mis like I might be forgetting something. I think it might be the best film I've seen Pierce Brosnan in. I watched I watched Mrs. Doubtfire the other day, and um, I oh, think that, a while since that holds up quite well. Actually, I think that was Calvin. Come on, what's a better Pierce Brosnan film than World's End? And not James Goldeneye. Bond because I haven't seen it. Oh, mm. Uh, mm. the Thomas Crown Affair. No, I've seen that, and it wasn't as good as the World's <laughs> End. Oh, it's much better than the World's End. It wasn't great. Um, right, what else? Um, Dante's Peak. Oh, yes, yep, that one. Mrs. Doubtfire as well. Taffin. Uh, The Foreigner with Jackie Chan. Has he not got like a good. (laughs) Oh, uh, Mamma Mia! Mamma Mia! (laughs) (laughs) All right. There you go. Cornetto Trilogy number four. Cornetto Quadrilogy, a musical. Done. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That would be quite good, actually. Yes. Hmm. All right. Dance like nobody's watching, Wendy. Love like you never. If you've enjoyed this 60 minute preview of Randy Newman, Too Hot for Radio, please head to dimreturns.com to see other products available. Consider heading to iTunes. And rating this show out of five. The music industry is changing, and albums like this are no longer big business, so it, it, it would be appreciated. Please, 
I'm only wearing one sock today. Wendy Newman, Too Hot for Radio. Featuring a prolonged discussion of violence in media, instigated by the movie Joker. Also featuring Saul's entire uncut breakdown, originally heavily edited at the end of that episode. As well as the classic hit song, Wendy's Hot Tonight. Do you think this film is gonna inspire a wave of copycat attacks and and I think this film is gonna inspire a wave of media reports about copycat attacks um that aren't Batman obviously has ties to this sort of thing before it was the Dark Knight Rises uh being screened when that cinema got shot up um Back in 2012. I never got the impression that... I don't know much about that shooting, but I didn't get the impression it was... The man was watching a film and was like so taken that he decided to kill everyone. No, of course not. Well... It's just some it, public it, place, it, isn't it? The thing is, he he, 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 he dyed his hair um, bright orange or bright green. So I think a lot of people think he was trying to be the Joker... And he, he, you know, he rigged his room with all these traps and so on. And I, I think the fact that he chose because he's Batman... watching Home Alone. <laughs> I think the fact that he chosen Batman was on purpose. I, I, I think it was by design. You know, some weird thing. But I don't think you can blame the film for that. That's you know, he just... well, no. some people are mentally ill. It's it's quite boring, isn't it? I mean, they've been doing this for years trying to tie people into film violence. I've never really bought into it. I think, I mean, what what's your take on the kind of, does violence in media propagate violence in real life? What do you think? Um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm just like, I'm distracted because I just thought, oh, uh, like the day after I saw this film in the cinema, uh, there was that big Manchester stabbing. Not big yeah. stabbing. It was just a. And that classic. was you, was it? Is that what you're trying to say? Because <laughs> uh, you know the Joker, Alan. Most people don't yeah. like stabbings, but the Joker <laughs> thinks they're brilliant. He thinks they're fucking <laughs> hilarious. No, uh, a lot of them. Um, no, it's just just uh, the day after I saw it, there was some stabbing. It was a classic thing of oh, thank God we don't have guns in the UK because no one died, and they apprehended the bad guy very quickly. Um, but I just googled it and it says some teenage boy got stabbed on a bus on the road outside my house now so I'm just reading about that <laughs> about three hours ago mm. interesting uh, so <laughs> it's happening Alan the The Joker's inspired a wave of uh, r- stabbings in Manchester everyone's rising yeah. up well, what do you think then like, what, what's, Look, I, I, do you reckon I, it has any effect I, I think film I think filmmakers have a responsibility to behave ethically, and I, I do... It, I, I think morality in the film is important, because I think, you know... Uh, revenge movies don't typically sit very well with me when they really are just condoning, yeah, someone wronged you, now go out and kill them. Because I, I think you watch enough of that stuff, and it, it will kind of convince you that yeah, you know, I'm justified in, in thinking a certain way. Um, 
you know, no more than films suggesting the opposite. I, I, I think all art influences you. So I do think there's a responsibility on the part of a filmmaker to to not glamorize stuff to a point. At the same time, I, I think there's only so much you can do, and as long as something's artistically justified, I, I wouldn't have any um, ill will towards someone. It, it's just, if you make a film that's like the coolest guy in the world, and he goes around like, cold-bloodedly murdering people and you're meant to think yeah cool i'm not gonna like it and i and i i think the media surrounding this sort of thing is usually hysterical bullshit from the daily mail and the, the famous examples the uh child's play three being blamed for some of jamie bolger's murder that mm-hmm. uh, we spoke about on our child's play episode and you know it's it's horseshit when you read into it it's like well they're, they're claiming that because there's a scene in this film where a kid gets his leg stuck on a kind of roller coaster track and then pulls it free at the last minute, that the kids were inspired to like tie him to a railway. It doesn't make any sense. But if you're someone, you know, a middle aged parent who's never watched the child's play movies, you're probably just going to think, oh, these gratuitous, violent movies, how disgusting. Uh, they should be banned. Yeah, and there there is um, also uh, it seems it seems to be that when when some some mixed up kid goes around shooting people in a school, and then the name and the picture is all over the papers and stuff like that, that that encourages other people to do it because other like oh, completely. mixed up mixed up lonely kids go oh look i, I could be in the bit i could be something i oh, could be God. something like massively that's like, much more like, encouraging yeah, to them yeah but the news is to never... the people who are disaffected and are, are prone to that sort of thing yeah but the news media is never going to point the finger at itself is it? it psychologists have said time and time again the the way you prevent mass shootings and things from from happening is you just do not make a big deal out of them it's it's like if you're trying to stop a dog talk about the victims but yeah, not the yeah. not the killer yeah. it's like if you're trying to stop a dog from uh, pissing itself when uh, it's a thing called submissive weeing alan where they they wee when they see it and and you don't yeah. you don't shout at them <laughs> and tell them off cuz that just reinforces the behavior you uh you just ignore it and act like nothing's happened and and then they go you away you just live in a piss filled house yeah, well, you know, tidy it up, do the bare minimum, and that's what that's what you mean. You tidy up, clean up the bodies, run some obituaries saying like, "Oh, this is sad in it," but don't pool over what video games and what cereal the killer ate and all that shit. Just ignore the killer. Well, this is it. I, I, I what's what's your take on video games? Because you're a bit more of a gamer than I ever have been. I don't really know much about games, but for 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 my kind of. Uh, uneducated sense I think video games because they're so much more immersive and you're kind of so much more involved in what's happening and I think you know you, you're playing a game that's like where you're going around killing things I think that's a lot more influential than say watching a film would be um, I think it probably can be I, I will say there's never been a compelling study done into this that suggests that uh, video games do lead to an increase in violence or anything like that um, at best, they have found that video games can cause a short-term spike in aggression, but even that's measured through, you know, 
dipping someone's hand into cold water because they can't actually have test sub- subjects, you know, hurt each other. Um, and even that's really only accounted... F- that only really is surely down to the fact that it spikes your adrenaline whilst you're playing the game. And as soon as your oh, adrenaline yeah, definitely. goes down... You know, it, it, the same is true if you if you did those studies when you're driving in a stressful situation or you're watching a horror film, I think you'd get the same results. It's just that it gets your adrenaline flowing and therefore you're more likely to act impulsively and violently. And, you know, you, you give that two minutes and it's gone. And I don't... There's never been a study that... Um, links any more serious long-term stuff to video games. I, think if any, I, I will say for me, if anything, a, it's there's not, a toxic it's not that it... culture surrounding video games, particularly on the internet, and I think it's very easy as a, as a disenfranchised young uh, man to fall into a pattern of just wasting your life gaming and going on the internet to talk about it and not developing proper social skills and all that sort of thing. And uh, bad mouthing other people's mothers. On yeah, the chat. yeah, yeah. But then you know, as a gamer, you know, I, I I wouldn't typically play the sorts of games that might be linked to that sort of thing. I I play, you know, I like Pokemon. I like the green <laughs> stuff. I like Mario. So uh, like Pac Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Isn't it? But I, I would have thought not necessarily sp- spiking aggression or anything like that. But if anything, those sorts of games would desensitize you to. The idea of murdering Maybe, someone, yeah, yeah. but I mean, I think we most people have a sensible disconnect between reality and yeah, computer and, game. And there, there's, you know, there's a lot of studies that point the opposite way and suggest that video games are actually extremely useful as a catharsis that allows us to act out and vent our frustrations, and and we can, you know, like you say, make that disconnect. If I go on a game and go on a killing spree on on the uh, fallout 3 but then you know don't save the game and load up an old save file so it doesn't count um i i'm i'm decompartmentalizing you know that's not me going oh yeah i'm killing everyone it's just me going oh i wonder i wonder what happens if i do this in the game oh i'm in a siege now oh how fun it's that's interesting because like i say i don't really play any of those games i don't get any catharsis like that but i do occasionally kill people in real life so Mm. maybe you're right do you, do you, I mean, how do you do it, though? Do you find inventive ways to do it? In Fallout 3, there's a thing where you can pickpocket people with this mechanic, but you can then slip things into their pocket, like the rever- reverse of it. So if you slip a landmine into their pocket after it's been armed, then they'll like it'll detonate and blow up, and it's really funny. Do you ever do anything mm. like that? I, I really like to feel it. I need, I need to do it with my own hands. I want, I want to feel the life drain out of them. Be able to see it on their face, so you know. I'm a strangler, basically, is what I'm saying. So, if you were a Batman villain, you'd be um, that the really strangler. that really boring one who's just got a load of cuts on his face. What's he called? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking it up. He's really shit. He's just covered in like scars from everyone he's killed. Oh, defense wounds. <laughs> uh, Batman cut. Villain. <laughs> uh, Victor Victor Zaz is that who I'm talking? Oh, that is what I'm talking about. Victor Zaz. Victor Zaz. I bet they make a lot of good puns on that. Well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's Maybe Zaz? Some analysis. 
he he kills people, Alan, and then he carves a a, a, a Roman numeral onto his body. I'm like, oh, that's another one. Do you do that? No, I always just rip some of the hair out and then sniff it before running away on my motorbike. You, you, that I mean, you've just got a little chart at home, haven't you? And you put like a smiley face sticker on the on it, like, like another one. <laughs> Gold star. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? All right. Well, should probably call it a day there, shouldn't we, lads? Hey. By, or as the Joker would say, I'm crazy, I am. That kooky Joker. What's he like? Ding dong. (laughs) Oh no! It's the Joker! Hello, (laughs) it's me! I'm mad! Oh, Joker, Joker. What's so mad about you, really? Oh, you know, in the office, everyone's always saying, you should be on television, you should, you're crazy! (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) What's an example of something mad that, uh, that you've done then, Joker? What have you done today? I brushed my teeth! With a banana! <laughs> well, that does sound pretty crazy, Joker. You you are just unhinged. <laughs> that's insanity. Why would you do that? That's not even... That's just going to create more plaque. Because I'm a nutcase! <laughs> Alright, well, um, thanks for visiting, Joker. Maybe maybe we'll have you on the show in the future, because I think this character's got legs, but probably not the time to explore it now. Got legs! Oh, You know what else has got legs? You thought I was going to say a centipede, but a snake! (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think you were going to say that, actually, Joker. I didn't know what you were going to say. Oh, anyway. uh, So, yeah, thanks, Joker. Oh, um, would you like a a glass of water while you're here? Would you like a cup of tea? That's what you're meant to offer people, isn't it? No. Oh, why not? I'd like a cup. Of Bovril! <laughs> Joker, I don't even... I don't even... This is like the Noel Fielding school of comedy, where you just... You just... You just say, like, weird stuff. <laughs> yes! You should come round to my house sometime and, and see... The, the setup. Oh, why's that? Well, you're sat on a chair at the moment. But I sit on space hoppers made out of paracetamol. <laughs> it's just no, it's not, it's not even the Joker. It's just Noel Fielding, Alan. It's just Noel Fielding. He's just coming. <laughs> uh, all right. Bye, bye, Noel. Bye, listeners. <laughs> Would you like some Tang Fastics? <laughs> that's not Tang Fastics, is it? That's a, uh, that's the, um, that's a that's a Brillo pad. Uh, weird weird shots taken at the mighty Boosh for no reason. Ten years too late. <laughs> I'm gonna stop recording. 